of the Kingdom Way Show. This is Dr. Baker, J. Baker, Dr. B.J. Baker, and I want to welcome you. Uh, this is one of the, uh, this is the uh, fifth part of my uh uh, guest with my guest, uh, Apostle Gar uh, Apostle Barry Cook. He, we were joking, and anyway, never mind. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know who you are. You know who you are. So and they got your name up there too, so they can see it too. But at any rate, we're going to get back into um, the subject, and we're talking about the the church, and we're talking about women, and we're talking uh, uh, women and female bodies, and we're talking about the uh, kingship and all of these different things. And today, we only have today and and next week. So Apostle Barry is going to zero in on some things and show some parallels in the Book of Ephesians and and um, Revelation. The revelation, not revelations, but the revelation. And he's going to get into some of those things. So I want to welcome you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And um, I, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's really kind of um, interesting when you're friends with the people that you're interviewing or you're having on your show, because it, it sometimes people wonder what is going on there. But it's it's a lot of side stuff. So, uh, Apostle, go for it. Talk talk to us. Talk to us, man of God. Well, praise God. Well, it's been good uh, coming down to this subject. We started in the book of Genesis and been kind of worked around the Old Testament a little last night, uh, last time, and started to jump on to some of the New Testament. And basically, we were just talking about how they were put in the garden from the beginning to rule together. Then we we're talking about how that, that um, there was... Um, there's curses put on men when they fell. There was curses put on the man. There was curses put on the women, woman. There was curses put on Satan. Now, we talk about Christ redeeming us from the curse of the law, and we then we read the curses, the, you know, and the things it says that a woman would uh, go through because of the curse of the law. And so we see that one of those things is that, that she her desire will always be for the man to rule over her. Well, that's a curse. That's part of the curse. So I mean, you start with Genesis and look, okay, well, if that's part of the curse and Jesus came to redeem us from the curse, then, you know, what exactly are we looking at now, you know? And uh, because that starts to change things quite a bit in how you view stuff. And, um, you know, as we look at the Gospels and go down through them, headed to Ephesians, we understand that, you know, Jesus from from his very very beginning of time coming here, you know, Gabriel the Archangel, we know he came to two women to, to announce Christ's coming, you know. He came to Elizabeth, he came to Mary, and he announced the miracle birth of John and of Jesus in Luke uh, 1 and 2. Um, he didn't come to a man, he didn't come to a priest in the temple, he came to a vessel that he had chosen. It wasn't about him being a a man or a woman, but he needed a vessel that could bring forth the Christ, and that would be their function and role in that aspect. And because of their purity, their devotion, their their stand in their faith, God chose them. So both of these women even turned around and sang prophetic songs because the spirit of prophecy was on both of them. And I'm just saying from the very beginning, the spirit of prophecy was on them at the glorious announcement, uh, you know, John's baptism you know, uh, of his birth, you know, the Messiah forerunner and the Messiah's birth and the Virgin Mary. I mean, there was singing. They were singing prophetically. They were speaking prophetic words, 
you know, over the situation that we're still reading today and using and talking about. And Jesus, obviously, you know, he was born of a Virgin Mary, which is a fulfillment of the prophetic seed of a woman uh, crushing Satan's heel. And you got to understand that God could have brought Jesus to the earth a number of ways, but he chose to do it through a woman as part of Genesis 3.15. So he was saying, I'm going to totally reverse this curse. When I come, you hang on, Genesis 3.15, because I'm going to use that woman and it's going to reverse. What happened here is going to be reversed, and then she's going to get a place back that she had from the original. I think yeah. some women don't understand that. But so uh, what exaltation of womanhood is seen here is <laughs> the son of God himself was born of a virgin woman in Matthew 1. And, and then we know it was controversial. I mean, that's a whole other thing. God is not afraid of controversy, so he's not afraid of you being worried about a woman preaching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> four, women, <laughs> four women were named along with their husbands in the genealogy of the Messiah in Matthew chapter 1. This is a great honor, especially seeing that several were Gentile women. Did you hear me? This was against the law. This was not proper. This should have been taken out, edited out pulled out. It was not common in those times. Jesus always included women, you know, and he said it and, and, and he included, there was four women in the genealogy that doesn't happen. Only men make a genealogy, but, but that's not how it worked with Christ because it wasn't about whether it was a man or a woman that another way he's trying to throw us. You know why there was four? Because that's the end of a season, but that's a whole nother story. He was trying to say that's I'm naming these four to show you that the season change on this thing. And we're rolling into something new now, and this ain't how it works. And if you still got doubts, let's add a few Gentile women in here too. There. Now what you think? Women of faith. God allowed women to touch him. I mean, and, and you might not think that's a big deal, but, you know, it was a huge deal in his time. And he didn't just say woman, you know, I only call one a dog, but that's another different story. But <laughs> we're not supposed to bring that up at the same time we're talking positive, right? Because it would be too much truth. No, no, we're supposed to bring that up. And some had, had uh, reputations kind of like I had before I came into Christ. So, Absolutely. And that yeah. woman poured out oil up on his feet. He said, man, this story is going to be told every time you preach the gospel. We're going to talk about her right there. And all y'all were here the whole time and could have done it, but you worried about it. She comes in and gives everything, and y'all are worried about us spending money. You know, remember, of course, Judas was the one saying, you know, did we need that money, God? You know, because he had his, and I love the scriptures that says, because he had his hand in the money bag. That's why he didn't like the money. Where's that money going? Because he wanted it. But anyway, crazy thing. Um, Jesus ate with harlots and sinners, and he forgave them their sins, while the Pharisees wouldn't even associate with them. Jesus went and found them and sat with them and ate with them and talked with them and forgave them and told them about the kingdom of God. It doesn't say they all got converted. So there was probably plenty of them that were mocking at him, you know, making fun of him, carrying on with him, but he still did it. Jesus taught women the word of God. I'm headed to Revelation. Jesus taught women the word of God as well as men. Again, not a common practice. I mean, that was something Jesus set that record. After Christ did that, the apostles automatically did it. There was never a differentiation with the apostles and with the early church in the male and the females, whether it was leading, whether it was, you know, preaching, whether it was prophesying, whether it was, whatever it was. That was that was an equality thing that came through the cross that they learned 
from Jesus. You know, the rabbis refused to teach the women. They counted, counted them as incapable of grasping divine truths. And Mary and Martha heard his word <laughs> in Luke 11. And that's Jesus preached to the women everywhere he went. Sometimes he went just to where the women were gathered and preached to them. You know, and that's a whole nother thing. But, you know, uh, but, but he didn't mind. He knew he had the same message of freedom to everybody. Now, I think the women were trying to catch it, but the men probably didn't like that part. And that's why it's been edited out. And that's why some of the other Bible scholars throughout the ages have refused to change it or they add their own notes to support a negative theory, which if they're really scholars, that means they looked up text. That means they knew it was another mm -hmm. reading and they chose to do it anyway. Even the comments on the, the things out of Timothy and Corinthians about women and their role in the church, which contradicts other places. So it was a situational teaching and he says it in the text. That's, that's a whole other thing too. Jesus touched women and he healed them. On a daily basis, he did it. The Jews would not because they said, if you touch a woman, you are defiled. Stupid. Which they were sure touching them anyway, but that's Matthew 9, 20, anyway, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Mary anointed Jesus. That's what I was just talking about and for his burial. I mean, you know, she she could see something and feel something in the spirit the other people didn't even understand. God, Jesus valued that. Jesus commented in the widow at the court of the woman for giving of her might. I mean, he stopped. Again, women don't go into the court. Women don't go into the temple. Wasn't just about the amount, the amount of money she was given or whether she had a little or had a lot, even though that's the parable he told. He was also making a point of this woman. That's another thing that baffled them. We read it and we're not baffled by it. They read it and they're like, wait a minute, a woman went inside? What, what are you talking about, Jesus? They were probably stumped on that part and never heard the other part, you know, about one giving this amount and one giving, you know, they probably got lost on that. No, that where does it say that? It says right here in our book, you cannot do that. In our procedures, go get them. You tell us or go get them, go get them out. Oh, you go get them, big boy. You know, anyway, uh, Jesus commented in that way. Jesus also allowed minister uh, women. And this is something I love when I read back through the Gospels is Jesus allowed women to minister to him and the apostles uh, along their trail, on their route, on their journey. And again, historical documents show us that many of the women were responsible for opening up certain regions. I mean, there are several regions in history that the New Testament church time where the women were entirely the ones responsible for opening up and they were sent by the apostle with the laying on of hands. They weren't thinking we're sending women. We better be careful. What are they going to, they knew there was going to be hostile. They knew it was going against the grain. They also knew they were trying to preach the kingdom of God is, is at hand. This is different. This ain't your father's Oldsmobile. Mom. That's right. And, and along with that, even in the book of Acts, when it goes into the book of Acts, there's Aquila and, and, and Priscilla. And there is preaching. There is all of these things. So the disciples fell, uh, followed through with what it was. So when people, uh, when, when here it is, when they translate it, when they uh, uh, put these commentaries in, when they tried to change the focus, the way people thought. And so therefore they read differently. And now here it is. We got a screwed up thing where people are reading differently. We're reading that women are here and men are here. And because of the body that you're in, it makes you effective or ineffective. 
And uh, this is what one of the things that you're you're speaking to. I yeah. The question about when when did women women preached all through the word of God? Preaching is not like pulling up a pulpit and having to do things in that way. They this is not what they did. They went into regions. They released the word of God. They released the kingdom. And this is what Apostle Barry is talking about also. So I answered that question. Go. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I, I, and the reason I just is I just started looking back through the gospel since the last time we talked and taking notes. And I was just thinking to myself of all the ways, because I thought I, I could skip this part. But the thing is, is people have to understand that when Jesus came to the earth proclaiming this liberty to women, it was revolutionary uh, in the times. And so understand every time he did something, when I mentioned, you know, well, Jesus ministered salvation to the woman at Samaria at the well, and, and she witnessed to the men in the city, and that opened the way for Christ to come to that city. Uh, in John 4, the disciples were surprised at his speaking to the women, <laughs> who is a notorious sinner in town. But Jesus went straight up on her. He talks to her, converts her, and then lets her, sends her to preach. I mean, you know, he trusted her. He trusted her conversion. He trusted the time they spent. And on the other hand, I think he was just thinking, look, what a better person to come in and talk about grace and redemption and forgiveness and eternity and um and and uh, and to believe in a messiah you know jesus ministered like i say to both men and women together uh, through the temple courts though that you know, as we talked about last time the temple courts were separated with men on one side and women on the other and the jews would only count a congregation of of 10 men they wouldn't count it if it was women even if a hundred women were present uh, uh, you know, they wouldn't count it. But Jesus ministered to a mixed congregation almost every time he ministered. You know, he didn't stand in the congregation and try to speak to all of them. I mean, he went out there and said, all oh, y'all, come on, come on, you too, honey, come on, come on, bring your friends, come on over here, everybody sit down. We're all level right now, we're talking. And, and that was another thing that they didn't like about Jesus. They felt like they were messing up their ways because he was, and people still feel that today. There's some religious folks that are wrong type of religion folks that you start talking about this and they get all in an uproar and, and you say, okay, what would be so bad if a woman was kind, humble, submissive, bold, strong, uh, full of the Holy Ghost, loved Jesus, could preach, pray, prophesy, cast out devils and still made a heck of a beef stew or whatever. You know, would that, would that be a problem? Wife of one man, uh, 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 all, all of those things for the deacon, all of those. All well, hey, you know what? That You know, the, the see, even that, you know, one man means one at a time. That's what it That's means. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. If you, if you look at the word, I mean, he was dressing a problem of multiple wives, and that's what he was speaking to. He's like, he's like, and if you look up the word, everybody says, well, they've been married before. That's not what it says. It says, click your little Strong's button over that and find out what it says for you. A husband of one wife. It says, he's dealing with polygamy. It says anti-polygamous is basically the word. He's saying, don't be polygamous, you know, and, and you got to, anyway, that's a whole nother story. But folks don't want to hear the truth. They want to hide behind religious shells and throw darts at everybody. And they're focusing on the wrong thing. But anyway, don't give me started, Lord Jesus. Um, Anna, come on now. I got to finish. I'm almost done with this. But Anna, 
Anna the prophetess. She spake redemption to those in Jerusalem in the temple. And, and you know, and, and Jesus is like, you know, well, she's waiting. She, she had a purpose in her looking and waiting on redemption that is recorded still to this day. There was, there was, there was men, there was men in the temple. There was priests in the temple, but they, they weren't named. She was named because of her heart. It wasn't, you know, like, like I always say, it's so similar to racial issues. Instead of judging by the content of their character, we're going to judge by skin color. We're going to judge by gender, you know? And, um, and it's like, oh, well, then we got to separate that category into another category because of this, because it's, you know, yeah, it's okay, but, you know, that ain't really how we do it. Well, it's all right, but, yeah, we don't have any women in leadership. Well, it's okay. And, and, and if you don't, it's because they haven't been discipled into that place. It's not, it's your fault. It's not their fault. I mean, go disciple some women, you know, and um, why not? I mean, let's get them into the kingdom. There's some gifting sitting out there that people don't even know they have because they've been shut down for so long. You know, Luke's gospel had a, had a really neat emphasis on, as I was reading back through, Luke's gospel has a really special emphasis on the ministry of Christ to women. Like almost every story he tells has got a yeah. woman. It's so, every other story, just about every other one. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. there are more references in his in this gospel concerning women than any other gospel. You know, Jesus honored marriage. He confirmed that marriage was, you know, something that he believed in and the wife of one, the husband of one, as we were just saying, but Jesus didn't, he was coming against polygamy. It's the same thing Jesus was dealing with when he was dealing with, there were these men are just saying, well, I went and found somebody else because I didn't like your cooking. I read the rules when he wrote that certificate of divorce thing, he was yeah. dealing with because they had written in their stuff that if if that day they they you didn't like their smell, if you didn't like their food, if you didn't, if if that day you just woke up and it literally says you just felt irritated at their sight, then you can go get somebody else. But they can't. They can't. They can't do anything about it, nor can they divert, nor can they divorce you. So Jesus, even when he commented in Matthew, he's trying to set stuff in order. He wasn't trying to, you know, like again, we blow that into this big thing. It's like when it's like when <laughs> It's here. I'm not the mess. That's what that means. It's about when people say God hates divorce. That's great. And he does. But that's not what the text is about. I mean, if you read it, if you read what he's talking about, he's talking about divorcing yourself from covenant with him, the wife of your youth. I'm like, what the heck? You know, and it's right there in the Bible. But it's like love catchphrases. And, and you know, I'm almost done here. But, you know, Pilate's wife. I know Pilate's wife. I only got two more that I had on my spirit. Okay. Pilate's wife. She sought to be released by God giving dream. God gives Pilate's wife a dream. All the people he could give a dream to. Woo. And he goes and gives. I'm just saying, God down to the last breath is trying. Who's the first one at the tomb? I mean, the resurrection was given to two women, you know. The first announcement of Christ's resurrection given to two women. I, I'm just saying. He made on purpose. The last one to say anything for, with him and for him is a woman. The first one there to him is a woman. Anyway, I know I well, love Evidently, Pilate didn't have a problem with it because he said, I washed my hands of this. He listened. He listened. There was that submission that talks about in the book of Ephesians. There was, uh, 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 there, there was that. There was that submitted one to another. She said, don't you have anything? She didn't ask him. She The way that she spoke it, it was commanding. So yeah. 
evidently there was that respect, that honor, and here it is. This is what he he. I mean, he even saw this. So you know, uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, there's some writers, uh, Justin Martyr, and some other ones that wrote uh, and wrote about her, and and in the Acts of Pilate, um, also. Um, there is writings, and it says that she was a pronounced a, a, a pronounced Christian. She uh -huh. was uh, led Bible studies in the inside of the palace. She had done. I mean, he just kind of looked. He wasn't necessarily converted, but he knew she was serious and had seen miracles in his own house uh -huh. through his wife hosting Bible studies. By the way, his wife was leading the Bible study. So I'm just saying. Again, you can trip out about it, and then the rest of the world needs you need to go to your little room and trip on it, and then let the rest of the world keep growing and moving forward. You know, that's that's the thing to do. But I'll stop on that today. I don't know how much time we're at, but yeah, uh, we, got, we have about seven more minutes, six more minutes, six okay. more minutes. So keep going. Okay. All right. All right. So then uh, let's move to Revelation then. Can we do that? Want to go yes, ahead and go there? That was that yes. was on your heart to go because I could keep going. And I could talk about and Lydia and the Greek women in Thessalonica and the prominent women in Berea who led the gospel there in Athens, the woman Domnius who led the gospel and opened it up to for Christ to come, I mean, for the apostles to come into the city and preach. Um, you know, the men and women who were both put in prison. I could talk about Philip the Evangelist and Four Virgins. I just keep on going. It's like it's all over the book. You got to be half blind and stupid. You got to be blind. You got to be rebellious and blind and stupid in order not to see it. Yeah. In Romans 16, Paul mentions like 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 10 women's names who were workers. And the word worker means deaconess. They were they were down in the trenches working in the gospel in one way or the other. You yeah. know, and note verses are like in three, seven, and twelve of that particular chapter. It says it mentions they were co-laborers in the faith. Mm -hmm. They were equal laborers in the faith, and that's what that means when it uses. We use co-laborers like we're working together on a project. They use co-laborers like we are co-equal working on this. Your giftings, my giftings, your strength, my strength. We're all pulling together. Yeah, that's what we're doing. I mean, Paul spoke of Eudeus and Syntyche, and those were women. Folk might women. not know that they were women. And in, in, in Philippians, Paul's like I said, older women to teach. And he's talking about elders, the elders. Let the women elders, you know, make sure and disciple the younger elders that are coming up so they understand how to do it and understanding the same thing to the men. You know, it was a response. Anyway. Uh, well, Revelation. We got, yeah, go. <laughs> Revelation, you want to go to Revelation? And Revelation. Well, open that up so that you can bring this thing back so that next week okay. on our program, you, you, yeah. Okay, so in Revelation chapter 12, it's just one of those places that um, scholars, theologians, um, uh, people that have read down through it noticed a pattern. I'm just turning to Revelations. There's a number of texts we can go to where obviously the bride is referred to as a woman, you know, it's a, it's a symbolic of a woman. Now here in the book of Revelation, uh, the revelation, whatever. Anyway, I get it. I get up the semantics. I get it. But anyway, um, you, know, you know, I'm going to mess with you. you it's know. like when people say, you know, um, I will say, uh, I said the Holy Spirit. And they're like, you mean Holy Spirit. I'm like, just keep on going. Just keep on yeah. going. Yeah, that. Yeah, well, they they don't they don't have the relationship. 
I got you. See, I, like, I, I talk to him every day. He don't never get mad at me if I say the holy whatever. You know. Anyway, yeah, and listen. war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, and they didn't prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, serpent of old, called the devil. It's an overarching view of what took place in the beginning of time. He was cast down to the earth. And his angels were cast down with him. They heard a voice saying, salvation is strength and glory and honor all these belong. Lord, they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of the testimony and by loving not their lives unto death. Put that on your bumper sticker too. And then it goes on paralleling in verse 13. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman. He came after the church. He came after the body of Christ who was there and, and he gave mirth to male child. They were growing up mature people out of this, out of the church, the woman, the church. So this whole next few verses is how the enemy stands there to wage war against the church, the woman, so that they quit birthing sons. <laughs> you know, it quits growing. So the rest of those chapter, the serpent spewed out and the mouth of flood on the woman that he might cause her, but the earth opened up and helped the woman. So we have to understand even as a church, there's resources that have been put down here already for us to find. And, and that doesn't say that, it just, that, 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 yes, there's stuff coming down from heaven. Yes, there's stuff you're believing for that hasn't made it here yet. But there's also resources down here that are meant to help spread the gospel, to, to fulfill assignments, to, you know, empower destinies, to finance you know, purposes and projects and things of that nature. But the point of this is, and I'm closing today, hallelujah, is that the women throughout the scripture were metaphored often, as we'll see in the next text we look at in the next program. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> you know, uh, a, a number of things came forth. Number one, is that when you looked at Anna, the prophet that was there, Simeon and Anna, Simeon had waited, but there she was. She had done what it was that she had been doing in order to be there, in order to speak. And just as you said, there were a whole lot more people that could have done, that there were other people there. We have to realize that God does not choose women just because there's nobody else to take it. Catherine Coleman many years ago was saying that God says that he was, she wasn't his first choice that he actually had it so that this would happen and that would happen, but that uh, uh, she did this because a man wouldn't take it. I believe that this was something that she needed to say. She needed to have to do that. But I'm here to tell you, we're here to tell you that God does not choose. God didn't choose me because some man didn't do what he was supposed to do. I was born for this. I was made for this. This is was my purpose from the beginning. This is what was in his mind. And he did not take the, uh, uh, he did not say because you have this or because you're made this way. He made me in order to do what it is that I do. And in this, women, you have to start to step up. You got to stop complaining. You got to stop wimping. You got to stop acting like somebody's got to give you a place. Nobody gave me a place. Nobody does that. Just like black people, white people, all these people say they won't let me do it. It's you that won't let you do it. So we need to stop this so that we can go forth and do the kingdom's work. This is Dr. Baker, J. Baker, 
and Apostle uh, Barry Cook. And we're saying goodbye to you now. We'll see you next week for our final program. Bye-bye.